Let's lift our hands this morning and just give, give praise unto the Heavenly Father. Lift your voice in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that anointing is here today. Thank you that it is on us. Thank you that as we worship you this morning, you pour out your Spirit afresh and anew. The gifts of the Spirit are in operation this morning. We thank you and praise you. Someone's right eardrum is opening right now. Someone's lost hearing or partial hearing in your right ear. And you're being healed right now. The ear is just snapping and popping. Whoever you are, you're receiving healing in your right ear right now in Jesus' name. Anyone need healing in your back this morning? Lift your hand. Someone sitting or standing next to that person, reach out and touch them right now. There is no distance in prayer. In the authority of Jesus' name, every back pain come out. Come out. Every back pain, every stiffness, every problem with a disc or a vertebra, around the shoulder blade, come out. Every pain, come out. Every discomfort, come out. Inability to bend and to move and to stretch your back, be healed in the name of Jesus. Now just begin moving your back. Quite a number of you are going to find there's healing happening right now. You're going to be able to move your back like you've not been able to move it before. Come on, just move it. Twist. Come on, let's twist again like we did last summer. Come on. Whatever you couldn't do, just begin to move in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who can tell there's a difference? Just wave your hand. Wave your hand. Who, who can tell there's a difference? Look at that. Look at that. Hallelujah. You think you're not in the right atmosphere? Well, you are in the right atmosphere. After worship like that, wow, God begins to move. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're at Heritage of Faith today? Aren't you glad you're in a place where the Spirit of God is free to move? Where you can open your heart, pray in tongues, see the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate right before your eyes? Speaking of eyes, who needs healing in your eyes? Put your hand over your eye right now in the authority of the name of Jesus. I see full recovery. Full recovery. I see cataracts dissolving, glaucoma being healed, dry eyes being healed in Jesus' name, pupils and iris and corneas being healed right now, optic nerves being healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
ha, 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 yeah. And stiff necks. I see stiff necks being healed. Someone came this morning, you've not been able to move your neck from right to left. If you just start moving it right now, you're going to find it's completely free. Whoever you are, just start moving it right now. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're in an atmosphere of the miraculous. You're in a place where God moves. This is not a place where you come and get three points and a poem and a handshake and you go home. This is where you get filled. This is a filling station. It's not a parking lot. Parking lot's out there. This is a filling station. It's where you come and you get filled. So you can go out there to a crying, sighing, dying world, going to hell in a handbasket. But we can do something about it. Because we have the joy of the Lord. We have the power of God. We have the Holy Spirit. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can go to hell. He can go early as far as I'm concerned. Praise God. Well, shake hands on both sides. Say, God bless you. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Glory to God. Pastor Justin, thank you for this opportunity to come to what I believe is my home church in Texas. Brother Jerry said, I'm a friend. I I claim I'm a member. I love coming here because you're you're just free. You're free to move in the Holy Spirit. You're free to be yourself. Dr. Jeff and I drove down yesterday from Tulsa. How many have heard of Tulsa? We drove down and came through the Arbuckles and past Arbuckle Wilderness and you know, all that, uh, all that place up there, so beautiful coming down 35. And then something glorious happened. We had lunch at Babes. <laughs> Best catfish in the world is at Babes. Why Babes hasn't opened a restaurant in Tulsa yet, I just don't understand. And if you can't preach after Babes, there's something wrong with you. And then to top it off, I had pizza in my room. And it was so good that I had it again for breakfast. Pepperoni, mushrooms, onions, green pepper. You might not want to get too near this morning. If you can't minister after that, there's something wrong with you. Ah, Praise God for that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, I was... uh, Watching, had the TV on last night in the room, and I was watching the Ten Commandments. It was on, and some of the greatest actors of all time are in that movie. Charlton Heston, of course, plays Moses, and and uh, Ewell Brenner is Ramses, the the Pharaoh, and uh, you know, some of the great uh, John Carradine uh, plays the part of Aaron, and so many great actors in that uh, of that era were there. And by the way, someone who had You've got pain that shoots down your shoulder. I believe it's your left shoulder. Pain that shoots down your shoulder. And if you'll just, it goes down your arm. If you'll just stand up right now and begin to move your arm, you're going to find your shoulder is completely healed right now. I don't know who you are. Where are you? Stand up, start moving your shoulder. You're going to find pain in your shoulder is leaving you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I was watching this movie. 
And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I got a phone call from a prophetic uh, minister who lives down in Atlanta. And he said something to me that it jolted me. And when I heard it, I knew it was a word not just for me, but I knew it was for you. And here's what the word was. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. And I thought to myself, am I supposed to say that in the morning? If I am, then have something happen in the service just before I get up. And you sang it in that song. You started talking about the best is yet to come. In that song, I said, okay, Lord, I get the message. The rest of your life is the best of your life. Say that out loud. The rest of my life is the best of my life. Say it again. The rest of my life is the best of my life. Now turn and point to somebody and say, the rest of your life is the best of your life. Brother Jerry, that'll preach. Then I went to bed and I do a, I do a phone call every Saturday night. And I've been doing it now for six years. I do a phone call. I had seven, eight, maybe sometimes 900 people on this phone call that I do every Saturday night at 10 o'clock our time. And no matter where I am in the world, if I'm in Africa, you know, it's, it's some time of late, early morning hours or, or wherever I am, I, I do that phone call. And uh, so I went to bed after the phone call last night. And at 4.52 this morning, I woke up. And I looked over at my phone, and there was a scripture that a minister up in Clarksville, Tennessee, had sent me. And I don't know why in the world he was up at 452, but he was. And, and, and I thought to myself, well, am I supposed to read this in the service this morning? And so I thought, yes, I am. So I want to read it to you. You might want to make a note of this. It's a very powerful scripture. He, he, he texts me a lot and gives me scriptures that are especially for me, but I thought it's not just for me. But it's for you. Now, when I read this scripture, it's designated toward Israel, toward Jerusalem. But isn't the Bible for you and me? Aren't we his disciples? If we continue in his word, then we are his disciples. That's what the book of John tells us. This is Jeremiah. And I'll give you the chapter and verse here. It's uh, Jeremiah 30, verses 16, 17, and then 19 and 21. Listen to this. But all who devour you will be devoured. Now you're saying, yeah, that is for me. That is for me. I received that. All who devour you will be devoured, and all your enemies will be sent into exile. Wow. All who plunder you will be plundered. And all who attack you will be attacked. I will give back to you your health and heal your wounds. For you are called an outcast, Jerusalem, for whom no one cares. There will be songs, there will be joy and thanksgiving, and I will multiply my people and not diminish them. I will honor them and not despise them. Their children will prosper as they did long ago. I will establish them as a nation before me, and I will punish anyone who hurts them. They will have their own ruler again, 
and he will come from their own people. Speaking of Jesus, I will invite him to approach me, says the Lord, for who dare come to me unless invited? When I read that this morning, I said, Lord, I received that for me. Am I supposed to share that this morning? And when I got here this morning and we all began to sing and worship, the Lord said, yes, share it all. Share it all with you today. Hallelujah. It's a good day to be alive, isn't it? People say, well, I wish I lived in Bible days. No, I don't wish I lived in Bible days. I don't like those outdoor toilets, you know. You notice in movies, nobody ever goes to the bathroom. I just... <laughs> Not once in that movie last night did Charlton Heston go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I wished I lived back, uh, back in those days in the early 1900s. No, I don't want to live back there either. I want to live right now. Yes. I want to be a servant of the Lord right now. Yes. I, want, I want to make an impact for God. It was about six years ago that the Lord spoke to me one morning early. I was up praying, and the Lord said, Your crusade days are over, and from now on, you will become a minister to ministers. Your invitations for crusades will dry up, and you will only be contacted now by ministers all around the world. And I thought, Well, God, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I've been doing crusades for 40 years. You know, I've been in countries all over the world. I've, I've laid hands on 35 heads of state. I've had crowds of up to 200,000 people in one service. I've seen as many as 25, 30,000 people give their hearts to the Lord in one night. And the Lord said, well, those days are over. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> you know, sometimes the Lord's just real direct with you. And he said, you won't get any more invitations, and you'll be getting invitations now from pastors. And he reminded me of what my father prophesied over me before he died. My father said, the day is coming when you get into your mid to late 60s when you will become a minister to ministers. I'd forgotten it. And he said, you'll teach ministers around the world on healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith. Now, those are the three things that have shaped the Roberts family, and have shaped everything that we have done in the world all, through, all th throughout these years. And I, I'd forgotten what the Lord said. Well, sure enough, the invitations for the Crusades dried up, and I began getting contacted from ministers all over the world to, to come and to teach on three subjects, healing, Holy Spirit, and seed faith. And I've been doing that now for some years. In these last several years, I have, I have made three uh, missions trips to India, and I've laid hands on more than 5,000 Indian pastors teaching them on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith, laying hands on them, anointing them with oil. And the testimonies are coming back every day. Their churches are doubling, tripling in size. They've begun, I think, I think the last time I checked, they've started 300 new churches. Uh, they're, they're, they are literally having miracles every day. Uh, I've done this now in Africa. I've done it in India. I've done it up near the North Pole. I'm getting ready to do it in other areas. And just about uh, three or four weeks ago, I was in Cameroon in West Africa. Cameroon is a nation of about 27 million. It used to be a part of the French uh, colonialization, and they got their independence back in the 60s. And there were, uh, were 2,000 pastors.
for three days. They came from 14 French-speaking African nations, 2,000 of them. And I had an opportunity for three days. I was the only speaker. And uh, for three days on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith, I laid hands on every one of them, anointed each one with oil, gave them a certificate certifying that they had been a part of this conference. And then uh, when I came back home, God opened an unusual door. We, we Christians over the years have made lots of mistakes by allowing the world to have technology. You know, we gave the movie industry over to Hollywood. Uh, we gave TV over away, you know, instead of embracing and using it for the gospel. And uh, at, when, the, when the Internet came along, you know, we almost gave that away. You know, when, when we heard the words, the World Wide Web, you know, we, we ran. Instead of embracing and saying, how can we use this for the gospel? And now, I believe one of, the, one of the good things that has come out of the pandemic, if there is anything good that's come out of the pandemic, is the fact that we Christians have begun to wake up and use technology like never before. I mean, not very many churches were, were live streaming services until the pandemic came along. And suddenly, we, 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 just, we woke up, okay? We woke up. So uh, I did something last week that I think is a, a harbinger of the future. I was asked uh, to speak in three cities in Pakistan. And uh, they told me that if I would do this by Zoom, that they would have 10,000 pastors. I didn't know there were 10,000 pastors in Pakistan. <laughs> But there are. And last week, in my own studio in Tulsa, I went to Pakistan. I didn't have to get on a plane. Didn't have to wear a mask. I didn't have to have a COVID test before I left. I went by Zoom. And the first day in Lahore, that's what the city is called, there were a little more than 3,000 pastors. And I, I preached all day to 3,000 Pakistani pastors, and they had a translator who translated into the Urdu language, which is what they speak in that part of Pakistan. And then the next day, which was a Wednesday, I preached another, in another city. I can't pronounce it. It starts with an S. I can't, I can't pronounce it. It's one of those long Pakistani words. And there were about 3,500 pastors in that city. And then the next day, I preached in the outskirts of Islamabad, which is the capital, and there were almost 4,000 pastors. 10,000 pastors in Pakistan in three days, and I didn't have to leave home. God is showing us better ways of reaching out like never before. And I am so excited about it. Because of what we're doing in India, we've, we've got five, we now have 10 Bible schools in India. It's all been started in the last five years. We have sewing centers, and they named the sewing centers after my wife. It's the Lindsay Roberts Sewing Centers, especially for widows who, whose husbands have passed, and they, and they now need uh, to earn an income and to learn a trade. And, and hundreds and hundreds of them are being trained every day how to operate a sewing machine so they can make money. And uh, reaching out to orphanages and to prisons, and it, it, it is exponentially happening and what God said to me and what my father prophesied is happening in my life.
And I just want to stop and give praise and honor and glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank the Lord. Uh, you know, it's good to remember. It's good to go back and remember. And I remember something else. Something very, very important. I don't think I paid as much attention to it before my father passed as I needed to. And I certainly didn't pay as much attention as I'm paying now. Uh, my father prophesied before he died. He said, the next great move of God coming is coming among women. Women have been stifled and they have been held down in ministry. I'm glad that's not happening here. But in many places it is. And you know it's true. Some of you have come out of ministries that have been like that. But he said the next great move of God is coming among women. Well, it was a woman who brought Jesus into the earth. And the women were there at the crucifixion when the men ran away. And it was a woman who announced he had risen from the dead. And we men will never understand you women. And the reason is because when God created you, he put Adam to sleep. And we men have been asleep ever since. I saw one woman go, uh-huh. And I got a cartoon sent to me yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this or not. <laughs> the caption said, this is the newest book on understanding women. And it was a book that was this tall. <laughs> And somebody said, those are just the cliff notes. <laughs> now, why I told you that, I don't have any idea. But God is moving among women. And he, he prophesied over my, over my wife and uh, said to her, the day will come when God will use you to write a book about, about women. A book that is going to change women's lives. And you'll know when the time has come. And he talked about women of substance. And he mentioned Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna, the three women who hung around Jesus a lot. And you can read about them in, in the Bible. They were women. He called them women of substance. And uh, so... Uh, Lindsay waited until the right time and then she wrote a new book but she waited until a major company wanted it and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we waited and we waited and we waited and sometimes you gotta, you gotta pray and you gotta wait until the Lord you know, until the Lord uh, does what he's gonna do because he has the timing we thought it was going to be earlier it turned out to be later than we thought but it was in God's timing and she got a contract from HarperCollins, which is the second largest book publisher in America. It's a secular company. They wanted this book. And she called it Discovering, Discover Your True Worth. And she wanted it to be a, a New York Times bestseller. It's in pre-release now. And they have a number of categories on Amazon. Different categories. I don't know why they name them the categories, but they do. And the category that her book is in is, is in the pneumatology category. Now, that's a nice way of saying the Holy Spirit. You go to seminary, study pneumatology, you're studying the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know why they don't just say Holy Spirit. Because they wouldn't know the Holy Spirit from pneumatology if they had met him down the road. <laughs> nevertheless, uh, nevertheless, that's the category. Uh, as of last night, in that category, her book is number one in America. The, the audio book is number two. And the Kindle is number three. That's as, of, that's, as of, that's as of 10 o'clock last night. It changes every day. She's number one one day, she's number five the next, she's number three, number seven. It goes back and forth because of the, of the sales that are going on. And we're believing God. And so she asked me to bring a number of books with me today and offer you two for one. Yes. Now, it's, it's available on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon for, for more. You know, I think it's $18.95 on, on Amazon. But, uh, but she said for the people at Heritage, she said... Offer them the book uh, for $15, two for one. You buy one, you get one free. Here it is. Discover your true worth. It is being officially released nationally on Tuesday, day after tomorrow. But the pre-sale has just gone wild. It's a miracle. And it's a fulfillment of prophecy. Now, when you, when you get on the inside of it, uh, you can find endorsements that are just Nobody can get these endorsements. It's just a miracle that, that she got the endorsements that she got. She got an endorsement from Bishop T.D. Jakes. And he says, when the Lord gave me the message, woman, thou art loosed, some 25 years ago, I had no idea how it would grow, resonate, and help unravel the tangled lives of countless women around the globe. I see the message in Discover Your True Worth as a similar handbook, one that will guide women who are on the journey to becoming all that God created them to be and to making a difference in every facet of life, in every sphere of life. And then she got an endorsement from Miss Kay Robertson of Duck Dynasty. How, I don't know. How that woman gets what she gets, I don't know. And you all seen Duck Dynasty. She says, as a child of God, we must understand our worth. Lindsay encourages us to discover who we are, who we are made in the image of, and what our useful purpose is. And she goes on. And then she got an endorsement from Kevin O'Dell, who is the CEO of the Word Network, one of the largest Christian networks in America. I believe this book must get into the hands of every woman currently in ministry and every woman who feels called to serve God in any way. It is provocative, challenging, and personal. He goes on. And then there's a word from Marilyn Hickey. Discover your true worth is not just a book. It's a concept dear to Lindsay's heart. I have personally witnessed the transformation God has brought to her life over our many years of friendship. And then there is an endorsement from Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Explain this to me, will you? Discover Your True Worth can be a powerful inspiration to all who choose to dwell in its pages. We are particularly, and he just got remarried again after his wife passed away. We, his wife and he, we are particularly blessed by the chapter, Welcome to the Unconvention. As both of our lives have been unconventional, well that's to say the least. We walked on the dark side of life before we heard God calling our names. He's, and he writes more. Then here's a word from Joni Lamb of Daystar. You know, her husband just went home to be with the Lord. What is my worth? Joni says. This is a question I often hear 
and requested by viewers on Joni Table Talk. In Discover Your True Worth, Lindsay Roberts walks readers through the Bible, telling the story of women who, in uncertainty, discovered their true identity in what God had destined them to accomplish. And then here's a word from a, a, a young evangelist, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> this book is wonderfully and powerfully anointed. I personally know the behind-the-scenes battles and great victories that Lindsay has fought and won by faith. She learned these things that she has written about from the Word of God and from her experiences. Discover Your True Worth is a must-read not only for women, but for men as well. Help you understand them. This, is from, uh, this one's from Lisa Osteen Comus, uh, Joel Osteen's sister, who I put through ORU when she was a student. Discover Your True Worth will empower you to live an unconventional life because we serve an unconventional God. Through stories of ordinary women in the Bible, Lindsay shows you how to draw the value and worth out of your life and be all that God has called you to be. And then here's what Kathy Duplantis said. Lindsay Roberts is a valuable treasure who shines brilliantly through the pages of her book, Discover Your True Worth. Lindsay has boldly embraced her mandate to help women prepare to take their rightful place and to come to the forefront of life. This is uh, Dr. Margaret Court the winningest tennis professional of all time, men or women. She now pastors in Perth, Australia. It would be worth having in your church sometime. She's terrific. This is a now book for women, Margaret says. As a woman of faith, Lindsay shares how she applies God's word to her life and family in many situations, and she goes on there. And then there's a, 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 young, a, young, a young lady by the name of Terry Savelle Foy. Did you hear that, Carolyn? talking about your girl. She said, I believe this book can completely transform your self-worth and should be required reading for every woman who longs to believe her true worth and live the life she is worth living. And uh, there are several others here. Uh, it's, it, it's two for one. Okay? Buy one, get one free. I believe it'll be a blessing. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles this morning. Don't take that off my preaching time, Jerry. Okay, don't take that off. I... <laughs> That's just my introduction. <laughs> Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Kings. I'm not going to preach very long because he who speaketh short shall be invited again. <laughs> 2 Kings chapter 4. I was reading the Bible the other day and I came across this passage and something stood out to me. And I, I felt that I should share this this morning with you in these moments. Beginning at verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear or reverence the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen, slaves. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath nothing in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door 
upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel anymore. And the oil stopped flowing. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay the debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. This is a powerful, powerful story in the Bible. It's one of the great miracles done through the prophet Elisha. And if you study the Bible, you'll find that Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And remember, Elijah had been asked by Elisha, Uh, uh, I want a double portion of your spirit. And if you study and count the miracles in Elijah's ministry in the Bible and Elisha's ministry, you'll find that Elisha had twice as many. So God confirmed the word. Elisha comes to the home of the wife of of a man who was one of his prophets in his school of ministry. And he had died and had left debt. The Bible doesn't say how the debt was left. The Bible doesn't say what kind of debt it was. It was, it it, it doesn't doesn't explain that. I don't, we don't know exactly what happened. We just know that she had debt and the creditors were now coming. And since she had no money to pay, they were going to take her two sons as bondsmen or slaves, basically to put them into a debtor's prison. That's what they did in those days. You could come in those days and you could take family members away to pay off the debt or to hold really almost in escrow until the person was able to pay the debt. And it gave them an extra interest in paying off the debt because their children were taken away from them. That's the scene. And that's when Elijah walked in. Isn't it amazing that that's when God shows up? When you think it's all over, when you think there's no way out but God, But God. Everybody say, but God. God. Now, she obviously had been under Elisha's ministry because her husband was. And she said to him, you know that my husband was a man of God. And Elisha said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, that's an interesting question. What do you want me to do for you? Um, That's the question that Jesus asked the two blind men. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want? Many people want to tell the story instead of saying what they want. They don't know how to get to the punchline. They don't know how to get to the bottom line. You go to pray for someone and you say, what do you need? And they tell you the story of their life. <laughs> and you, you, you want to say, just tell me exactly what you want. Well, it's because of what happened. But, well, no, no. no what, what do you, what, well, well, no, this happened in 1967. Well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> we have a hard time getting to the central issue. I need my hearing healed. I need my back fixed. I need this debt paid. I need this mortgage paid off. This is what I want. I think we're going to have to learn how to get specific with God. Some people think, well, I can't talk to God like that. Why not? Why can't you talk to God like that? Why can't you? Do you think God's feelings are going to get hurt if you tell him what the problem is? No, God's not going to get offended. He said you have not because you ask not. Ask, Jesus said, and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. Quit telling your whole litany of your story and just ask him what you want. Well, he might answer better if I give him the whole story. 
One thing about you women, you do talk a lot. A new study says that men average speaking 5,000 words a day. And women average speaking 20,000 words a day. With gusts to 30 and 40. Now when my wife talks to me, she wants me to hear the entire story. And when I talk to her, I give it in bullet points. And she says, no, give me the girl version. Which means I got to go back and tell the whole story. You want something from God? Ask Him for it. Ask for it. Just ask. Ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. Ask. You have not because you ask not. The first thing the woman did was she asked. She cried out to God. That was her asking. When she said, Elisha, my husband has died and we had debt and the creditors have now come to take my sons. She was asking the same way that, that, that Isaiah asked when he cried out to God saying, Lord, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself to the people. The same way the Roman army captain came to Jesus and said, my servant is grievously tormented with paralysis. He was asking. The same way that Bartimaeus cried out when he said, now, son of David, have mercy on me. You got to ask. You have not because you ask not. Don't ever be ashamed to ask. What's the worst that can happen when you ask somebody something? They can say no. How how did these endorsements come? Because we asked. It's amazing what happens when you put a smile on your face and you ask. She asked. Her cry out was an asking. And we got to learn how to ask God to be bold, to go to his throne boldly and say, Lord, this is what I'm believing you for. This is what I'm releasing my faith for. This is what I'm expecting. Expecting a miracle. She asked. And the second thing she did was she listened. Now that's a hard thing for us humans to do. We want to tell our story. We don't want to listen. We want to interrupt God and say, but now God, let me remind you of this. As if he doesn't already know that. She listened because he told her what sounded like the cockamamious. Is that a word? The cockamamious. Is that a word? I'm making up a new word as the cockamamious thing she ever done heard in her life. Go borrow a bunch of vessels. Find every pot and pan you can find in the neighborhood and bring it into your house. It doesn't make any sense. She's got a little jar of oil. She's got just a little jar of olive oil in her house. What good is it going to do to bring pots and pans from the neighborhood? You see, when God tells us to do something, we try to figure out why and we try and we miss the point. We need to listen. Just listen and do what he said. Shut the door, he said. Have your sons go out the neighborhood, gather every pot and every pan they can carry and bring them back to the house. It didn't make any sense. Lots of times when God speaks to you and tells you to do something, it doesn't make any sense in the natural. But listen. And she listened. And she sent her sons out. And they brought every pot and pan and probably had them on their backs and had them in their arms. And he may have, they may have been carrying them you know, under their arms. I don't know, but they brought every pot and pan they could carry and came back into the house and shut the door. And when they shut the door, they shut the door on doubt. 
And there's nothing that'll kill your miracle like doubt. It's like pouring gasoline on it. You come in here and, and you hear the word of faith and, and you get all charged up and you go out there and say, well, I wonder if this is going to work. And just pour gasoline on it. This woman not only asked, and not only listened, but third, she trusted. She trusted that God knew what he was doing. I once heard Brother Savell preach a message. And Jerry, you'll probably remember the message. The, dif- the distance, what do, you, what do you call the distance between when you plant your seed and when you receive your harvest? Remember that message? And Lindsay and I were watching that message on television. We're sitting on our couch watching, and he, he asked the question in the message, what do you call the distance between when you plant your seed and harvest time? And Lindsay took off her shoe, she threw it at the TV and said, Jerry, you call it hell, Jerry, you call it hell. You call that waiting period hell, Jerry. Now don't look at me so innocent. Because we want an instant, instant miracle. We want a microwave miracle. We want to stick it in, hit the button, and pull it out. And sometimes we get it. Usually there's a waiting period. I don't like to wait, do you? I don't, I'd like to shoot the person who created lines. I hate lines. There was a line on 35 yesterday. I wanted to just circumvent the line, but I couldn't because there was a guardrail. I don't like lines, but I was in one yesterday. But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. She waited on this book and 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 I wondered if it's ever going to get published. But then the time came. God's time came. Lindsay trusted the word that God gave her. And this woman trusted the word that Elisha gave her. She trusted that God knew what he was doing. Listen, my friends, God has not just fallen off the turnip truck. He knows your situation. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows what you're going through right now. And he has a miracle for you. What you've got to do is ask. And then you've got to listen. And then you've got to trust. Trust. Oh, that's a hard thing to do. Trust. Trust. We, we, we don't want to trust. It's like the man who fell out of the 30-story window. And as he was falling, he saw a flagpole and he grabbed it and he hung on for dear life and he began to pray. And as he prayed, God spoke to him and said, do you believe that I delivered Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego out of the burning fiery furnace? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe. And he, he was losing his grip. He said, well, do you believe I delivered Daniel from the lion's den? Oh, yes, Lord, I believe. Well, then turn loose. And the man said, now look here, Lord. <laughs> I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out. And that's the way a lot of us operate. We think we can get ourselves out of the mess when he is the one who brings us out. She trusted him and they started pouring. Now in the natural, a little pot of oil would fill about this much of one of the many pots. But when they started pouring, something miraculous happened. When you start sowing, God begins to start pouring out. 
And as they poured and poured and poured, they filled one and then they filled another and they filled another and they filled another. I can imagine the look on their faces as they kept pouring and it kept filling and changing vessels and kept changing vessels until finally she said, bring me another one. And they said, there aren't any more. And the oil stopped. If they had more vessels, they might still have oil pouring today. It was a miracle. Because she asked, she listened, and she trusted. So many times in my life, I have asked, but I've not believed. I've asked, and instead of listening, I've told my story. And then, when it came down to trust, I said, well, maybe I can figure this out on my own. It's the nature of us people. We've got to go against our nature. So many things in the spiritual world seem to be upside down to the way our minds work. But really, it's our minds that are upside down. And we need to flop it this way. She asked. And she listened. And she trusted. And she's standing there with her two sons looking at these, this miracle in front of her. All this oil coming from one little jar. And Elisha said to her, now take the oil. Sell it. Pay off the debt. And live off the rest. Now that's a miracle. It seems so simple. We read it in the Bible. Now let's live it. Let's live it. Let's learn to ask. And then let's learn to listen. And then let's learn to trust. Trusting. I trust you, Lord. Lord, I trust you that you know exactly what you're doing. I trust you. I believe in you, Heavenly Father. I sow my seed today. And I believe that you use that seed mightily for the work of God through heritage of faith. And then I believe that you open me my windows of heaven. And you pour me out a blessing so much so that there's not enough room to receive it. Lord, I don't have to understand it. My job is not to understand. My my job is to sow. My job is to believe. Your job is the miracle side. My job is to do what you told me to do so that you can do what only you can do. I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my, with my finances. I trust you with my health. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my business, with my, with my job, with my ministry. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you. I put my trust and my faith in you. Just like that woman had faith in the man of God. I put my trust in you, God. And I give you praise. And I give you glory. And I give you honor. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Hamakasi and Dakashta, Suriara Rakasata, Kastim Brakasa Yatsa, Kila Masandi Ashta Brakaso Yatsan Dakashta, Kesoti Atanakasam Brakasiti Ashta, Kodomonoko Suri Atanakasambra. For I am yours and you are mine. I am yours and you are mine. For I am yours. And you are mine, for I am yours, and you are mine. 
Lord, I thank you that I get to be a part of the miracle process. And I boldly come before your throne. And you know, Lord, over these past months, I've been doing it more and more. Asking, asking, asking. Not being ashamed. Not feeling unworthy. Because of something that happened to me in my past. But to ask boldly. To ask. And then to listen when you speak to me. When I pray in tongues. And then when I pray in English. And you you give me ideas and insights. And new ways of doing things. I, I listen to you. And then Lord. When you speak to me. And you give me what you gave me today. When you said the rest of, of my life. Is the best of my life. I, I, I trust you. Because my mind wants to say, how can this be? But I don't want to say, how can this be? I just want to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you that you know what you're doing. You're in charge. You're in control. We're not in control. You're in control. You're on the left side of the seat. I'm not on the left side. You're the pilot. I'm the co-pilot. Lord, you're not my co-pilot. I'm your co-pilot. And I praise you, Lord. And I pray this word gets deep into the hearts of everyone here at Heritage of Faith today. We would take this scripture and learn how to ask God and not be ashamed to ask Him. And to listen to what He says. And to obey. And trust that somehow, some way, He's going to work it out. You know, I look back at my life and I think about those times when it looked like there was no way I was going to make it. But I did. (laughs) You look back at your life right now. I'm sure every one of you can think of a time when it looked like there's just no way you're going to make it. But you did. God brought you through. And you're here today. And you know he hadn't changed one lick. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. What he did, he's still doing. He's still doing miracles. And if ever there was a time we needed miracles, it's now. If ever there was a time to be a witness, it's now. If ever there was a time to plant your seed and expect a harvest, it's now. If ever there was a time to invade this world with the gospel, when there's such fear out there, when there's such worry, you talk about a time to to be a witness. In the middle of a pandemic, what we've been through the last couple of years, with all this happening around the world right now, with what's happening in the Ukraine, with, with Russia and Ukraine and, and the invasion and all that we see, and that's all we see on the news. And with the fear of, of what's happening in Washington uh, by politicians who can't get along and seem to be taking our country in, in a direction that we don't want to go. And we, we see it. If ever there was a time to be a witness. If ever there was a time. If ever there was a time people were looking for somebody like you, now's the time. Like when I got on a plane recently and the lady behind me tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm so glad you're on this plane. I know we're going to land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're watching us. They're watching us. And now they're listening more than they've ever listened. Because we have the answer. We have the word of God. We have the anointing. We have the power. And when they sit down next to us, they, they feel something. They don't, may not know what it is. Yeah. They may not be able to express what it is, but they know there's something about us. Yeah. This is our hour. Yes, I told my wife the other day what Mordecai said to Esther. I said, Lindsay, concerning this book, I said, Lindsay, you were born for such a time as this. Yeah. And I said, this is your hour. Yeah. Women, 
It's your time to shine. The next great move of God is coming among women. Thank God for it. I've had two great mentors in my life in the healing ministry. Number one, of course, was my father. But number two was Catherine Kuhlman. You may not know this, but I traveled with her. I knew her very, very well. And she taught me about the healing ministry. One of the most powerful women of the gospel who has ever lived. And I was so honored to sit under her ministry. Women, it's your time to shine. No longer in the back seat. Lindsay was on Flashpoint on Thursday night. And she told a story, and I'll I'll close with this. Uh, When we met, uh, we were in law school. Or she was in law school. I wasn't in law school. She was. And uh, uh, there were people who didn't want her to date me because at that time, you know, my dad was still president of the university and, and uh, I was his son and, and they did not want her to date me. So they, they put pressure on her, tried to get her to drop out of law school. And they said, if you date Richard Roberts, you can't be a law student here. And uh, it's okay. He died. Uh, well, he did. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just giving you the facts. He died. He died. We buried him. Um, it's the truth. But this other faculty member, and she told the story the other night on Flashpoint. This other faculty member came to her and said to her, Your job in life is to be pregnant and in the kitchen. I still remember that faculty member's name. I don't know where he is in the world. don't know if he's still alive. And she looked, I don't know. I don't know about him. And she told that story, and she said, if I had listened to that, this book would never have been written. That's a, not just an old way of thinking. That's the wrong way of thinking. That's right. It's the wrong way. And I'm so proud of her. And I thank God. And I thank God that it's time for women to shine. Let's stand up for prayer for a moment. Father, it's not by might. And it's certainly not by power. But it's by the Holy Spirit that I pray this prayer. I thank you and give you honor and glory for this church, for Pastor Justin and all his family and all those who serve the Lord through, through this ministry and who attend this church and our members and come here every week to get filled with the power of God and to go out into this community and be a witness. For you said we'd be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Jerusalem, Lord, that's our home. And Judea represents where we go, and Samaria represents where it's tough. Thank you, Lord, for this ministry. Thank you that Brother Savell began this ministry years and years ago, and it's still growing every day. Thank you for him and for Carolyn and for their family. Thank you for our friendship. I treasure it, Lord. I thank you for what the Savells have meant to the Roberts. 
all these years. I praise you for that, Lord. Thank you for this message this morning that we learn how to ask, we learn how to listen, we learn how to trust. And then we let you do the rest as only you can do. Thank you for the anointing this morning. I I received that fresh touch and I believe that anointing has come through me today into the lives of people. And may we leave this place in a little while after a while different than when we came in. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for every woman here today. Praise God. And I hear the words of Bishop T.D. Jakes. Woman, thou art loosed. Loosed to be all that God has called you to be. Loosed, set free to be the woman that God wants you to be. And I thank you, Lord, that the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. In Jesus' name. Somebody give a praise out for the Lord. Yes, sir. Thank you.